So let's hope this fucking works, right? Did you just get a little disclaimer that we're being recorded? Yeah, I did. I did. Good. So uh, I'm Eric Weinstein. You've entered the portal. My guest today is Indian Bronson, who is... Yeah, also known as uh, Naval Ravikant. That is exactly (laughs) the joke I was going to make next. Uh, Naval is an entrepreneur, uh, a frequent uh, cryptic tweeter. Um, And I don't know what fucking Naval does. I actually... All I know about Naval is that he promoted uh, my story, the Bitcoin, once. So Naval is okay in my book. Um, I don't know. Same, his, I like him a lot. I don't know what his actual job is. He seems like a cool guy, but like you know, there's Naval, there's Chamath, who I kind of know that he is a, a SPAC magnate and probably some kind of scammer. But again, like I like the guy. He takes pictures of himself with his low body fat torso talks shit on cnbc he probably scammed people out of billions of dollars but you know what are you going to do that's america you know having having uh, buttered me up with uh, all of these wonderful adulations of indians uh you know i i can't i can't but be truthful now so um yeah uh what is it we're going to talk about again uh <laughs> we're gonna, so this this yeah. the purpose of this show is to plug your dating app which i am yes, that's correct for. that's so correct and the, the vehicle the vehicle through which we get everyone interested in keeper.dating which yeah. you can type into your url bars now and just exit the episode you don't need to listen to any of this if that was good enough for you just go do it now uh put in your email sign up um yeah i mean so you know the the genesis of this was uh you know, my, my co-founder and I, uh, Jake Kozlowski, he's not anonymous. He's much, he's much uh, braver than I am. Um, you know, so we, you know, we'd been kicking this idea around for, you know, just months after we met. Um, you know, we, we, we both met in Miami. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, you know, guys talk about women, uh, you know, big, big surprise. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we were, we were talking about is like, well, you know, the real reason uh, all of this fertility crisis stuff uh, is happening is just like men and women don't really know how to get along anymore and they can't have babies. Uh, it's like, you know, you've got these pandas, you know, in the Bronx zoo and every day these zookeepers are like, what do you stupid fucking pandas want? <laughs> like, how, how do we get you to breed? And these pandas are there and they're just like, they're just lazily chewing bamboo. Right. And they won't fuck. And, uh, and even if they do, there are no babies for some reason. Um, yeah, they don't want to yeah. fuck in front of a bunch of fat people chewing on corn dogs, leering at them. That's the problem. You can't if you so, and that's that is kind of where we are as human beings. We're in a giant glass enclosure with a bunch of dysgenic goblins leering at us, encouraging us to fuck. And that's not an environment where a, a, a natural animal like the panda is going to get horny. Yeah, yeah. There's this, um, you know, the movie, the movie They Live where uh i think it was john carpenter but where you know he puts the uh, he puts the sunglasses on Mm -hmm. and uh you know it's like this is your god on the money and like you know there's there's all these things the one the one propaganda poster that's wrong and the whole thing is marion marion reproduce exactly right and it's like you know if you could just go back and edit that to be like stay childless and consume things you know that would be that's really what the propaganda poster was saying Um, that is that is the one thing that really dates the movie because it's sort of anti anti reaganite 80s propaganda at that time and there was still a real uh conservative 
position, which is now in today's day and age is, is a reactionary position. Like marry and reproduce is a reactionary concept. And then it's, there's this trad idea, which is people that are kind of drag performers of traditional values, right? They're, yeah. they're traditional impersonators. Yeah, the, like, you know, the, the, the villain in a lot of, um, you know, my, my favorite are, are like all the country club people in, uh, in, in, you know, Beverly Hills Cop, you know, when, when Axel Foley goes into the country club, and you just see all of these, like, you know, studied white people, uh, you know, eating food, and he's just, you know, just, he's just wilding out, uh, or maybe another term. And uh, it's like, you know, those, those people and that, like that uh, image of like all of these blonde haired, blue eyed villains that is so common in, in 1980s Hollywood, you know, that's really what the trad LARPers are trying to, trying to get after, you know, it's not even necessarily the fifties. It's like this idea of um, established regment, um, you know, respectable tradition. And uh, that's, that just doesn't really exist anymore. Uh, and, and that's why, that's why so many of their attempts to kind of return to tradition just look like unserious LARPs. Yeah, uh, you know, the testosterone isn't there. I talk about this in um, finally some good news. One of my books, um, there's a story that I read in The New Yorker about um, Chinese people getting scammed. And it is uh, they would the scammer would find some old Chinese lady and tell her that, you know, somebody who had undergone a tragedy, I think her son had died and they would tell her that the ghost of her son was unhappy because the the because he died unmarried and they had to set up a wedding for the son with a female ghost um and part of this it's it's this kind of perversion of ancient you know chinese traditions or superstitions where you'd have rituals to kind of appease the dead or something there's something like deep and ancient and wholesome about this concept but the cultural revolution happened and deliberately erased all of their tradition and history. And so again, now you have this kind of drag scam version of it that's just being used to rip people off. Yeah, there, there, there is a, an interesting, um, uh, you know, Twitter controversy recently where, you know, people, people have really started going with the groomer meme about, uh, about the drag queens. And mm -hmm. uh, someone, someone helpfully supplied the example of, uh, you know, well, there's Hooters, right? Yeah. And isn't Hooters, you know, also the sexualization of children? And, you know, a lot of conservatives, they they came out swinging where they're like, oh, Hooters is also degenerate and bad and terrible. And it's like, well, you know, first of all, there's a really big difference between like uh, like a 20 year old girl in a tank top and, <laughs> you know, like some guy gyrating his crotch in front of children being like, look, I'm just reading them a story. What are what are have, you saying? So have you about, been right? to Hooters? You know, I've I've been to I've been to a Hooters. It was the it was a Hooters in Vegas during a bachelor party, and I'm sad to report, uh, it felt like any other restaurant. There was nothing oh, yeah. about it I went, that I in went. any way. Yeah, like it's 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 like you know I've I've you know the, if you watch the original Hooters commercial, it's like this sort of like very zesty like ditzy blonde. Yeah, uh, and you know she's she's talking about well, why is our beer so cold? Because we keep it in the refrigerator, and it's it's just it's just charming, right? That's um, not that's not what Hooters is actually going to be like. Hooters from yeah, I went to no. Hooters in, in Western Pennsylvania, and it's a bunch of women that you wouldn't fuck. Uh, their outfit uh, with the little booty shorts and the the midriff t-shirt. They actually also include really thick tights that they wear over their legs. The woman comes up to you and she has 
you know, she has a, a series of topics she can talk about, kind of like the Terminator that she has on her little mental screen. And it's all sports. She, came, she comes up and she wants to talk to you about hockey, God bless her. And I don't, you know, and I, I really sound like a weird old man complaining, but it's like, if you can't talk about one of those things with her, like they, she gets upset and assumes that, uh, you know, you're a pussy and uh, you're, she's not going to get a tip out of you. So she bails. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, so, and there's sort of like two things going on here. One is that, you know, our culture, uh, it, it can't even do depravity. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, like we, you know, like there, there is a, like, you know, uh, young, younger listeners, uh, you know, I've never been in one, but there's this thing called the topless bar. Uh, it used to exist in seedier parts of American cities. Um, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the tops weren't there. Uh, like that doesn't even exist anymore. Um, you know, you, you know if, if you essentially want like that kind of titillation, uh, you have to if effectively go to what is now like a, a quasi brothel, you know, called a strip club. Um, so so the, the culture can't even do the, the sort of libertine degeneracy that you know, apparently it was like a mainstay of, of Americana. Uh, but the second thing is like, you know, why, why are restaurants like Hooters even popular? Um, like what, like what even gave people the idea of Hooters? Well, you know, what about things like Dairy Queen? Um, or like, you know, why, why do people like, you know, love cute cashiers or, or things like that? Like what's going on? And, and what's going on, I think is like, you know, the reason these businesses have this is not actually because it's supposed to be like totally erotic, um, but because when you have like a smiling young woman serving food, that's like a, it's, there's like a, it's like a ghost. It's like a, it's like a primal image, you know, just activates some atavistic memory in our, in our minds of like a young wife or mother, like serving her kids food. And we find that like charming and wonderful. And we want to tip her because it's like, oh yeah, like my, my brother's daughter just served my kids food. Of course I want to do nice things for her. This, that's you know, interesting. Uh, I never, yeah. I never felt that wholesome about a Dairy Queen waitress. I never uh, saw her as a, you know, a <laughs> an ancient maiden serving me mead out of a horn. I always just thought like, wow, I'd really like to fucking, I'd really like to slam this, uh, this. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, big, that's big, part of it too, right? Like you go, you go, over to, you, you go over to the other tribe. I'm losing you, man. Are you still there? All right. This is here. Th this is what always happens with these podcasts. Is there's these fucking technical problems, uh, complete dead air. I don't know if Indian Bronson can hear me or not, but I'm just going to uh, cover this time since I'm not going to be doing any editing by filibustering and saying a bunch of meaningless horseshit. Uh oh, did and, we just uh and here he is, he's back, ladies and gentlemen, Indian Bronson, the co-CEO of Keeper.dating, uh, the hottest new dating service in town. Uh it's yeah. based, it's based on machine learning and the blockchain. And yeah, uh, it's, what the it's the, the the machine learning is is teams of Filipinos and Bangladeshis, and the blockchain is um you know, that's, that's like the big cinder block to which the chain is attached that yeah. keep them in place. Uh, <laughs> so, that they, so that they label all of the data. Correct. Yeah, no, I mean, so uh, that's a, that's a joke, by the way, uh, please don't arrest me. I, I do not have slaves. Um, no, nobody's going to so, arrest yeah, you I, for training. Up <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. If you, people pay good money for that. Um, so uh, yeah, no, it's like, you know, you, 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 you have these, you have these kinds of uh, commodifications of what should be like just a normal regular life, right? You know, that's 
you know, you've got, you know, strip clubs for sex. You've got, you know, Uber eats for your, your wife making food for you. You've got, um, you know, like all, all of these little lifestyle services are just sort of taking and commodifying something that a normal life would have had. Um, and they're, they're sort of selling it back to you. And that's why the, that's why like the, um, you know, the Hooters drag queen comparison was just so objectionable to me. Cause it's like, there's no, like, there's no part of reading stories to kids that actually ever has needed like you know <laughs> just like deranged sexual freaks being like yeah wouldn't it be cool if like i was actually a woman and my nipples were on display like that's never that's not a thing you know that's that's clearly them just inserting themselves into that yeah i don't know um, who came up with that drag queen story hour idea but i wonder if it wasn't not not to serve the kids who probably have no shortage of people wanting to read stories to them but more to serve the drag queens who are you know older gay men who uh still have some desire for like familial contact with people and some desire for wholesomeness and that's that's their way of experiencing it right i mean i maybe the the big image of drag queen story hour is a uh, drag queen with a giant rack of horns. Um, by the way, you're muted, IB. Um, giant rack of horns on her head uh, and eye makeup Is, that, uh, that looks like a Cenobite. But I want, you know, the drag queens that I encounter in Los Angeles are almost kind of quaint, right? They've got some corny pun name like, you know, Maxi Pad Jones. And it's, it's a, uh, a uh, middle-aged cissexual man working as an actuary who who does the equivalent of a burlesque show. I mean, it's all kind of leave it to beaver and tame, except for the fact that it's gay, you know, gay guys. Um, who the fuck knows though? You still there? Yeah, I'm still there. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I was, uh, I, I went on mute because I'm chewing uh, seed oil infused, uh, carbohydrates and, and fats um are you at um, a miami I'm, brunch right now uh no i'm at, i'm at a LaGuardia airport <laughs> where are you headed uh, i'm headed back to miami nice are you at the is it yeah. the new LaGuardia? it's the new LaGuardia. Wa pointless water feature and all nice. um you come to uh, gates 40 to 59 the uh I, for, I forget what this restaurant is. It's, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a joke about. Uh, it's Mulberry Street. It's, it's like, a, it's like a joke thing of uh, like Little Italy food. So some guy passing through Laguardia can eat uh, like bad, bad fake mozzarella on his flatbread and be like, yes, you know, the, 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 it's, it's, it's simulacra and all full display. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, 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 you know, there are all of these, all of these like conversions now that uh, you know they're not even, they don't even get to be perverse. You know, at least at least like real perversion you know, would have raised the fertility rate. <laughs> and it's, and instead we have we have like we have uh you know no no raising of the fertility rate and like we just get tedious perversion is right. Well, yeah, you know, it's not even it's not even fun. Yeah, my view on the fertility rate is it's not coming back. I think it has to do with the education of women. I'm not some kind of freak anti-feminist, but the reality is when you educate women, they stop having babies. That's why Bill Gates yeah. is pushing the education. I agree with the concept yeah. of depopulation. And I think depopulation and de-industrialization de is an ideal future. 
Um, but I personally would like to have at least one biological child before I pass from the face of the earth. And that's why I signed yeah. up for so, Keeper. Dating, so that, so that Indian Bronson can be a Yenta and uh matchmaker. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Think, so, think, think of me, think of me as like your old Jewish grandmother, uh, your, your old Buppy who's, well, uh, who's just yeah, telling there, you to, you know, there's the, yeah. the Jewish stereotype of this, which is what I think of, but I think it's also an Indian quality as well. Wouldn't you say, I mean, this, it's a, so, so there's, the, yeah, there, there are a lot of, um, uh, you know, there, so the first time I heard, uh, like, I, I think it was like either Don Rickles or, or like Larry David making a Jewish mother joke. I was just like, oh my God, this is just Indian moms. This is, uh, (laughs) this is is exactly, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I I think it was like, you know, how many, how many kids does it take to turn in a light bulb? None. I'll just sit here in the dark, you know, (laughs) this this sort of like overwrought, uh, constantly worrying mom figure. Um, And that's, that's totally true. Uh, My mom is the greatest mom in the world, but she, she's a Jewish mom. Um, Well, I mean, is that, and is the link there? So Indian Americans are the most successful ethnic group in the country. Um, congratulations. And you guys are actually beating the Jews. And I wonder if there's something in common uh, with two civilizations that have held it together in some form coherently for over 5,000 years. I wonder if that's what you get, like uh, real concern with lineage and real structured concepts of marriage and arranged marriage and matchmaking yeah. and pushing people to get married is that how a civilization lives yeah. or continues for you know at least five thousand years yeah so if you read if you read um uh tacitus's uh, uh tract you know germania okay this uh this sort of like assembled history of of the germans and he's he's working off of like secondhand reports and you know there's there's a bit of like the marco polo goes to china thing in there but Right. Is he talking um, yeah, about of, like the Germans are nine feet tall with three heads? Yeah, exactly. Look at look all all of these people are gorgeous and they yeah. all have blue eyes and like striking red hair or whatever, right? And it's like, okay, slow slow down, Tacitus. Uh, you know, the Reich is not coming for some time. You, you take it easy, you know. Um, but he, you know, one of the things that he writes about is the the marriage rituals of these Germanic tribes. And, you know, he says, like, look, you know, chastity is a thing that's encouraged, early marriage is a thing that's encouraged. But one of the most striking things is that like uh, absolute martial fidelity to the family is like the utmost virtue of these Germanic tribes and dishonoring the family is like, it's just, you know, just kill that guy. This, this guy is worthless. It's terrible. And I think if you, if you lose that, if you, if a, if a civilization loses the idea of its own propagation being like the most important thing, it's like, Everything else is just going to fall apart. Well, think about um, it, though. So this is an interesting concept because Tacitus was obviously writing about them as foreigners. And then when he wrote about his own, you know, Roman history, it was really, you know, the sleazy uh, doings of uh, Agrippina and, you know, various internecine, you know, incest affairs and poisonings yeah. and stuff. And, you know, Caesar yeah. did this, too, where... He would write about, you know, Gallic tribes and talk about how impressed he was that they weren't just, you know, they they import little of that which pertains to the sissification of the spirit. In other words, compared to, you know, they're not pussies compared to uh, the soft Romans. And yet, what did he do? Fucking conquered them, slaughtered them, crushed them. Yeah, I mean, you know, this was was until until, until Armenia, right? You know, it's like, you know... 
you had this terrible situation in Europe where these disorganized, uh, you know, hapless Germans were like, oh my God, the, the, the organized and industrious Italians are coming for us. Whatever will we do? Right. It's, and that, uh, you know, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, so I, I, I think, you know, you know there's, I, I don't fully buy into like the Strauss how, um, you know, turnings, generational theory thing where it's like, well, or, or like, you know, the, even, even the three generations thing, you know, I ride a camel, my son rides a BMW, his son rides a Bentley, my, my grandson rides a camel or whatever. Right. Um, you know, this, but, but I think there's something to it where it's like, you know, excellent outcomes. You know, if you have all possible outcomes and then you have outcomes that are good, uh, outcomes that are good are going to be a very narrow sub a subset of all possible outcomes. And that just kind of implies that you need constraints, <laughs> right? Like you need, you know, you can't, you can't just neglect a system if you want it to evolve in a way that's good, right? If you want to, if you want to cultivate it into to a certain end. And so I do think that, um, you know, you, you kind of have to have people that are, uh, you know, they have a long uh, time horizon on which they're making decisions, but they're like, they're acting in the now, you know? And so, um, you know, there are a lot of decisions people can make where it's like, uh, you know, well, why, why am I do? why am I going to this bar? Why am I going to this club? Because it'll be fun for like right now. Um, and maybe, you know, there's some decision-making where it's like, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that because it would be bad for my descendants a hundred years from now. That just looks like totally bizarre and crazy. So this is, um, this is, uh, let me stop you here because this is a, this is a really uh, interesting point. Um, Pete, because the, the real conversation here is like, how come people don't, hook up get married and have kids anymore and mm -hmm. that used to happen through spontaneity it used yes. to happen through the very decisions that you're talking about that uh, you know, that are impulsive and instant gratification and you'd go to a bar you'd meet a woman in real life or you'd be at your office and you would you know start getting lecherous for a woman that you had to be around for non-sexual reasons and then you'd hook up and get married and have a kid or you you know as we've seen with uh, uh, Neuralink employees, you would get artificially inseminated by your boss. Um, yeah. <laughs> people, people would meet, become attracted to somebody, and yeah, and it would, you know, nature would do its thing, and that would naturally occur. And now we're at a moment where, at least for some of us, we're working from home. Maybe we're getting old it no longer occurs. So the, yeah. the question for me about keeper.dating, the new online dating service uh, that- Yeah, how, how are you recreating this? Or like, isn't, isn't, isn't an online thing just like more of the same? Yeah, yeah so, that, so, there's, so there's an interesting survey that was done by, uh, I think uh, Michael Rosenfeld at Stanford. And the it's called like, how couples meet and stay together. And it's this large, large survey of, um, I think from like 1940 to 2020, um, you know, the, the, the year that people actually meet, how they got married, how this happens. And uh, so there, you know, there are a bunch of different categories, right? So it's like, okay, met through coworkers, met through family, met through primary school, you know, met in college, met as neighbors, right? Stuff like this, you know, church. And, uh, you know, all of these lines um, basically keep falling, except for like friends. And then uh, bars, you know, that starts rising a lot in like the 60s. And uh, it really begins taking off in like sort of the early 2000s. But uh, starting around like, you know, the year 2000, you get this tiny little blip that's like online dating. And then it just spikes and everything else just gets, you know, just plummets. Right. 
And the thing to keep in mind is that uh, this is happening as the marriage rate is just in secular decline. So, um, yeah, so like the, the thing the thing to notice, I think, between these is like, you know, bars and sort of like the, the kind of the normal that um, I think uh, older millennials and like sort of mid Gen Xers are accustomed to, let's say people who are like, you know, 30 to 45. Um, that what they think is normal was actually like the aftershock of a system being disrupted. Right. Um, what, what they think is normal is like, well, it's normal that you go to a bar, you meet some girl, you get her number, you go home. And then like, maybe if you like each other, you're in a relationship and you get married. That's like kind of the bad navigation of a system where it would have been more like uh, everyone in this church going community knows each other. And they set us up because they know us and they've known us since we were kids. And like, this is how we get married. Um, and so I, I don't think we're going to be able to recreate, uh, either of those two systems thing. Like, I don't think we'll be able to, uh, return with a U and I don't think we'll be able to return with a V. Yeah. Like, we're, you know, we're, we're not post-apocalyptic now. So we're going yeah, we to, yeah. we have to figure out how to, uh, get clean drinking water and perhaps recreate a, a little electrical grid, et cetera. Like there's no, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, you can, you can see, you can see the giant ruins of like the spaceships. You can, you can, you can pick up the old laser rifle, but it's like, yeah, you've got to scrape like, you know, gecko droppings off this wall and make antibiotics out of it somehow. That's, that's kind of the situation. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, to, to, to be in this sort of like post-apocalyptic thing, it's like, okay, well, do you reject online or do you embrace online? And it's like, well, um, you know, if you if you if you used to have a situation where lots of parents and church communities and, and teachers and coworkers or whatever knew these people really, really well and would be able to match them um, on on things that are a little bit more than the superficiality of looks, but which are important, which are important to get people to go on a date, but like not so important for like the long term. Um, how do you how do you recreate this like sort of intelligence online? That's like, OK, well, this is why you need, you know. You need the data being labeled. Uh, you need people, you know, giving you long text corpuses of like their innermost. Uh, you need to like look at that and and see essentially a reflection of someone's internal state. So and match it with someone else's. Here, so here is my big question for you, right? My yeah. feeling, like you are a nerd. You're you're yes. a, you're a charismatic nerd, but you're obviously a nerd. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And you're very wired into. Silicon Valley, Miami, et cetera. So what I'm scared about on keeper.dating is that the women that are going to be drawn to it are going to want a guy who uh, is a rich careerist and yeah. not, not a self-published novelist who can get fired from his job at any time. Yeah, so, so we've, we've, we've solved this problem. All, right. uh, all of the greatest, all of the greatest things in, in you know, American achievement are an alliance of, of Brahmins and Kshatriyas. Uh, yeah. So Brahmins are, you know, the priestly caste, Kshatriyas are the warrior class. Um, you know, a way to think of this is like nerd plus jock alliance. Um, right. You know, the space program, nerd plus jock alliance. Uh, just classic example, you've got Poindexter with his glasses in the mainframe and he's talking to the fighter pilot who's just like, how do I make this spaceship go faster? Uh, you know, tell it to me in English. So, so that's me and Jake. Um, you know, we, we, uh, you know, we'll get, we'll get Jacob physiognomy reading. Um, but yeah, no, we, we, we have this problem solved. Uh, uh, it's, it's, you can't have a system designed by, you know, as charismatic as the nerd is, you can't have a system entirely designed by a nerd that's still appealing to women. Um, 
but it's that's not what keeper dot dating is. Uh, you know, we we're 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 very realistic about what, nature. What, we're, what we're not trying you, to defy it. What can you tell me about the women that have signed up for the app so far? Uh, they're all very attractive. They're all very, you know, seriously, it's like, it's very, it's very funny. So we, 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 we couldn't show names because that would be, you know, sort of a violation of privacy, but we could describe these women to, um, to friends who were like skeptical of the service. Uh, and it's like, you know, right now we have kind of like a stable of like, just like giga chads and like beautiful women. And these are like very high caliber people who, you know, you know the, the the vicissitudes of life mean that you know some of them are really really well to do. Um, all of them are very interesting, um, but like it just it hasn't happened for them that they've had you know the time or, or ability to get married. And um, yeah, like I'm 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 very confident that we'll be able to match them up with someone who's quality. But it's like you know just the the sheer quality of people who have joined. It's um, it like gives each one of them like kind of an urgency where it's like, wow, you know, I really would like to see more people like this in the world. <laughs> let, let, let's get her married. Let's get her married. Can you, uh, do you I think, do you think you can find me a 36 year old Filipina American poet with at least three gray hairs? Um, the, the specific, the specificity of the gray hairs is probably the biggest issue here. Um, at least three or is, is it, is it, it's not at least, is it more than, you know, what's, uh is it three on the nose like what are we what are we talking here i would accept three to five three to five gray hairs um, and we're just talking we're just talking head hair right yeah well sure she can have one long white nipple hair too it's the flaw that makes the the work perfect yeah yeah well we, she, can yes, have, we, she can have uh she can have 16 white back hairs yeah well that's that's like beyond wabi-sabi that's like uh <laughs> that's 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 uh so i i can't promise the back hairs i can promise the uh the beautiful age um yeah that's right we, we so can we can find them what I, what i'm scared about by the way heads up we've got eight minutes left on my free zoom account meeting so we're this will be a good quick podcast but um so what what makes me nervous about it is again as you say it's you know giga chads and high achievers etc um, and, you know, I don't know if you've looked at my profile, like I'm certainly less of a loser at this point than I've presented myself as in my books and blog, you know, I, I've had some good fortune in the past few years and been able to make up for decades of uh, chronic cocaine use and minimum wage earning jobs. But that's that what scares me about it is like, you know, I, I'm in competition suddenly with uh you know guys that have yeah. so, so the thing is the thing is, you're, the thing is you're not yeah, yeah no the, the, the thing is you're not and so this is this is like another big problem with uh with dating markets basically all dating apps is they're they're essentially saying like okay here are the few dimensions along which uh all women find men attractive you know so there's like height there's like looks um income and the the sort of richer long tail dimensionality of a lot of guys it's like well how could i possibly measure up uh, so there are two things that are going on here. One is that, you know, if you need to improve, you know, some area of your life and you want feedback on it, uh, Keeper's going to give that to you. Whether you're male or female, uh, we're not going to lie to you and we're not going to just be like, oh, no, you're perfect the way you are. It's like, you know, if, like, look, fellas, if you're fat, <laughs> we'll tell you, you know, uh, and not only we tell, we'll, we'll show you how to like change that. Um, so that's that's a thing that we're, we're pretty insistent on is to give people like actionable feedback to improve their lives. But then also, you know, if there's stuff about you that's like not so easily captured by like Hinge or whatever, um, you know, we are going to put that on display. Like we will have that available for people. And this is about, 
matching. This isn't about swiping and going through profiles. It's about being matched on these criteria that produce long-term romantic compatibility. So we're, we're actually kind of removing the sort of dating, you know, meat market competition aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit more like the, the socially mediated arrangement of matches that existed before, you know, before the, uh, you know, the, the, just the nuclear bombs dropped and we, uh, you know, we were forced into the fallout shelters. So it's like non-Mormon eHarmony. Yeah. <laughs> it's very high praise. Yeah. Before eHarmony sucked, uh, there there are reasons there are reasons for certain legacy services that were actually very popular and very good yeah, and like dude, worked. People people really met their wives on eHarmony. Like yeah I, yeah. So be like, how'd you? you know, oh, got yeah, I'm I'm, like, I'm gonna buy I'm gonna buy another subscription to Zoom uh, so that we can talk about this more. There there are like a lot of things that were very very good about OkCupid and eHarmony that like they themselves compromised <laughs> in trying to keep up with like Tinder. <laughs> um and they should they totally shouldn't have um but they did and and you know they they sort of paid the price for it yeah that uh well whatever e-harmony was sort of a punchline and then you'd meet people and they got married and the marriage was lasted like it actually worked but the problem is like you'd have to suck it up the e-harmony is you'd have to suck it up and admit you're a four that was the problem right like i would meet a guy who's a four like a (laughs) a fat not good looking guy and he got married to another four which is what he should be doing Um, right exactly yeah 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 it's true that you don't know like you know if i had to rate myself one to ten i would have no idea what the fuck to say because i'm not you know, I'm not a frighteningly bad looking guy. Like children don't recoil at me at, on the street, but nobody's coming up and uh, trying to throw pussy at me either. So I'm somewhere probably between a four and a seven, I would guess. Um, as you say, there is a long tail element to it, but I, I don't know. It makes like, I'm a, I'm a niche I have a, a strong niche appeal, right? Like somebody... that's that's exactly that's exactly what Keeper is for. We are about the long tail. We are about the niche. I need you to find me a poet. That's all I need. A woman who writes poetry, does crafts, has some stupid Etsy store, and uh, is not a uh, branding executive, or you know, n- and does not own uh, sixteen dogs, and you know, is, you know, somebody, somebody that you could, uh, somebody that if you hadn't jerked off all day would look good to you. That's all I need. Yeah. That's actually a flag. Uh, you know, we, it's somebody underscore if underscore, you know, you hadn't jerked off would look good to you. It's like, it's like true or false. Um, it's, uh, yeah, no, well, the other hard thing is that if you meet somebody, right. When I, all this commentary on looks, like if you meet somebody and you really get to know them and you have to be around them, if you're at work or at school with somebody and you know, their physical beauty really can follow beauty of the soul. Like if you see that somebody is a good, cool, interesting, flirtatious and sociable person, they will become beautiful to you. That which is good yeah. will soon. It's totally true. Yeah, it's 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 the other reason we're we're bullish on Keeper is like you know something something like Tinder, you know where you get this like one picture of someone you're just asked like yes or no like would you or wouldn't you yeah um 
Well, you see, you see these videos <laughs> you know, so. of women, like Ayala posted her sister looking at Tinder, and you know every date that I've ever had, I watch them how they how they work their Tinder too, and of course they swipe left on everybody, they swipe right on guys, you know, on West Elm Caleb and uh, yeah, Bodega yeah. Bro, and it really is just a Tinder is a is a pussy farm for. Uh, you know, male models at this point. It, it didn't used to be. It used to be, it, it had a year of being grinder for heterosexuals where you could really have just sleazy sex with, you know, strange demographics out of nowhere, but it fell off. Yeah. Alas, alas. Yeah, no, that, that's that's the thing too about um, just like pure meat market apps is they burn themselves out. So like Hinge and Tinder are both owned by Match Group. And Hinge, you know, sold as this like classy alternative to Tinder where people are looking for like long-term relationships. It's actually starting to gimp itself now too, because it's like, well, how do we get the short-term people? Because there are too many bots on Tinder. I know we'll add, we'll add more options for like short-term, for short-term dating to Hinge. So like they can't, you know, the, the, these services, they can't resist the appeal of like, you know, taking your dream girl and giving her herpes. Like this is, this is their business model. I did, um, I did, I, when I first signed up for Hinge, and I've just gotten banned from Hinge, which is hilarious, probably, <laughs> God knows what, um, I swear to God, I'm innocent. But when I first signed up, they gave me a week of Hinge premium for free. And yeah. it literally matched me with the biggest hoe in my neighborhood, like a beautiful woman who was an enormous dick fiend and I went out on, uh, you know, th this was, you know, machine learning in action. Like I went out with this woman, I had a great date and I had unprotected sex with her uh, the first night, um, never spoke to her again. And like, that's what the hinge premium experience really is. Like if you pay. Yeah, that is, that is hinge. So, you know, we are, we're about to run out of time. So uh, keeper.dating is Indian Bronson's new uh, website that is gonna find you delicious tacos yeah. your wife and uh many beautiful uh nazi children to stand in a wheat field <laughs> and eugenically raise the iq of your local public school so check it out indian bronson on twitter substack um thanks brother great talking to you absolutely i had a blast talk to you soon see ya Bye. Bye.